And a good Saturday morning to you. Andy's taking the day off today. And if you have any particular question about decks or decking, this is your day. Lou Panic is filling in for Andy today. Lou, good morning. Nice to good morning. hear from How are you again. I'm doing quite well. I hope you are too. I bet it's just a guess on my part that you guys, you and your uh, friends and crews at Linda's, as far as decks go, have been pretty busy all year long, right? We have been. It's been a real busy year for decks, for sure. Yeah, and uh, it uh, it's going to open up the phone lines here. We're going to do that right now. And the text uh, number, too. It's the same. If you have any kind of uh, a deck uh, question, porch, uh, Luke is the uh, deck and porch specialist at Linda's Construction. He knows his stuff, and uh, he'd be glad to help you out, either, again, by phone or by text, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Again, I, I presume that uh, the vast majority—what do you say, eighty percent or more—are people are requesting uh, low maintenance decking. Am I correct? Yeah, it seems like that's the popular way to go. Um, people want to retire the paintbrush. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's one of those things where we're trying to get away from any maintenance at all on the exterior with a lot of our products. You know, from the gutters to the siding. The, anything and it, it's no different from decks people just want to want it to stay looking nice without having to do anything to it i remember the worst part of uh you know preparing or every couple of years or so with uh, the deck is the railing system which i don't have to worry about and will not too because we're getting a new one uh, yeah you excited I, we are very excited in fact i <laughs> i was looking at this uh couple of gallons of uh uh deck uh what do you call it, brightener conditioner that I won't have to use. (laughs) Well, you still be able to use that. You can still use that to clean your deck. Well, I think I'll just hang on to it then. But it'll be nice because this this deck, and we've waited, but it was over 20 years, I think. uh, for uh, to replace that. And uh, as nice as that cedar was, and for the most part kind of still is, uh, it doesn't last forever. And uh, No. no matter how well you take care of it. But, no, but w- I've, you've w- got a lot of sweat equity into that. It's going to be hard to see it go, I imagine. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> <laughs> after all is said and done. But is there still, well, of course, getting close to the late in the year. If if someone is uh, interested in uh, getting a new deck from Linda's Construction, I guess uh, get it, you know, call you guys, call you and, and set it up so you can at least get some design work done before next well, year. Am I correct? Yes. You know, and I've been working hard lately, uh, training a couple more guys on decks because of the demand that we're trying to meet. Um, and we've, but we're still, uh, we're still able to do decks this year, and uh, it's been a really good working season for us. So we're, we're trucking along. There's a lot of decks to be built yet, but um, we're still, we're still able to get decks done this year. We're expecting, so we're excited about that. Well, especially when I look at uh, the forecast, and uh, your crew is going to be a lot more comfortable this week for sure than than. In, yeah, it's uh, been hot lately. Past. Oh, big big time! Uh, do you still recommend, as far as folks that I mean, I assume they're still building. You guys are still building uh, decks out of wood, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know that you. Uh, I've talked with you before about the kiln dried uh, wood that we use yeah. from time to time. Um, it's definitely more affordable. Uh, doesn't require. Uh, you know, the maintenance that cedar does to preserve it. Um, as long as you're willing to uh, accept the rustic look of, of real wood and what real wood does over time, of course, the sun will fade it and change its color, but it's, it's, there are woods that are very, very durable still that 
some people just like the feel and texture and, and look of wood, and so we we have a great option for that still too. That doesn't require this, the the maintenance that cedar does. Let's back up a little bit, Luke, and talk about that kiln dried versus a cedar. What explain that process if you would? What, what's the deal there? Well, the major difference is that most treated wood that you go to a lumberyard and buy is what we could call green treat or brown treat. It's just the, 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 the color annotation is just because of the color of the treating process. So when they treat wood, it, it's in a tank and it, it swells up with the treating solution. And it, when it comes out of there, it's easily 60 to 70% moisture content in that wood. And it doesn't really get a chance to dry out. They take it out of there, they stack it up in a bundle, cover it with a, a tarp, and then it goes to a lumberyard, a lot of them indoor lumberyards and when people buy that material the first time it's been opened up or exposed to the sun and the wind is when it's out on their deck and then it starts to shrink and crack and warp dramatically so uh, about 10 years ago a company said hey let's let's uh, kiln dry this wood before we build decks out of it because some of the problems we were having with is uh, the synthetic materials would uh, as the frame would shrink after we left the, the the materials would warp and pull fasteners out and and whatnot because it was shrinking so much. So the company said, "Let's get the let's get the moisture out of this wood." So they kiln dry it just like you would interior millwork, to, you know, casing that you put around your windows, and it, it makes it uh, stable. It, they take the moisture down to about fifteen percent. Um, our guys like it because it's lighter for sure to carry it around back and forth to the homes. But the reason that we use it is because when we build with it. It stays true. It, it doesn't shrink and crack and warp to any degree that regular green-treated lumber does. So it's a real important, we think it's real important to, to use that type of material when we build the deck. Yeah, important difference for sure. Uh, how about porches? Are people still requesting uh, you guys at Linda's to, to build them a, a porch? Oh, absolutely. It's been the busiest year I've had in my 10 years of, of designing porches, um, The the especially people who have a deck that faces the south or the west it's so hot in, in the afternoon and they want some some shade and your choices are limited you buy a buy an umbrella or an awning cover of some sort or or get a roof over your head and so a porch is a great way to do that uh, to all different degrees uh, anywhere from you know, just simple screened-in porches or to, like, a sun-space porch. We, we like to use that product as well to enclose uh, enclose porches that make it nice. And you can still hear the sounds of being outside, but you're in there and you're out of the wind and it's dry. And I don't know if it, it happened in our case. Maybe this is more common than, than uh, I think. But initially we had uh, just a screened-in porch. Okay. And then <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. This is uh, there's going to be something better than this. So we had Linda's put in some windows. Does that is that kind of typical as people move along in time? Yeah, that, that that's real common actually. And the only the only differentiation is that if you're we need to like when you put those you put insulated windows like thermopane windows right in yours. Mm-hmm. So now, if you heat and cool that room, you can take out the entry door going out to that, and it's just part of the house. The the advantage to that, of course, is that you you add some nice finished square footage to your house, so there's a lot of value to it to your home. Um, but also, that room typically gets used more, gets used a lot more if it's if it's we put those windows in. And Absolutely. the really the only difference is is that we have to make those footings bigger. 
uh, to handle a roof load and a snow load than if it's just the deck. So if someone has a plan of, hey, we, we think we might want to have a porch here someday, what we'll go ahead and do is uh, on those specific point loads, we will put in a bigger footing so it's ready for that porch in the future and they don't have to go back and replace footings. Uh, some proactive stuff. Good. Yeah. I'll tell when you we what. can be. When, indeed, sometimes it doesn't happen. But if you if you have any kind of a deck or porch question, you want to know how to clean it, uh, sand it, whatever the case may be, stain it. Uh, or if you do have a porch question, you want to talk to Luke Panic at Linda's Construction here on CCO Radio. Call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. We'll grab some calls and text messages when we return after this break here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our home improvement show. Uh, Andy's taking the day off today. Our friend Luke Panic, the deck and porch specialist with Lindis, is uh, on the horn today helping us out, helping you out. So if you have any kind of a deck question, or porch for that matter, uh, you can call it in as usual or text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. Luke, we have have a bunch of uh, text messages I want to get to here, uh, let me grab the first one. All right, the text or the question is, uh, maybe you have a different word for it, but the texter wants to know which which composite decking does Lindis recommend? What do, what do you get? What do you guys like the best? And is is the word composite uh, the correct one? It well, that is a common word. Um, I define composite decking meaning that it contains sawdust uh, or organic material mixed with the PVC resin. Um, and, and I prefer to use um, what's called completely cellular PVC uh, synthetic decking, which would be the brand that we use probably the most of is called Azac. Um, and what I think is so important about it is that any time in our area with the dramatic changes of uh, humidity and temperature, we have such a dramatic expansion and contraction of the wood and when it's mixed in with the composites, we see that as well. So the, the, the cellular PVCs that don't contain the sawdust, I think, are the best. And that's, that's what I look for in a synthetic deck board, for sure. I'm certainly aware of how to clean and care for a, a wood deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how, how are uh, the, uh, the low-maintenance decks? How do you clean it? Can you pressure wash them? What, what's the deal with that? Well, that's my preference. I, I like to – I just – I love – playing around with a pressure washer, so I like to use a pressure washer. They're they're pretty, the surface is durable to handle pretty much any type of cleaning that you're willing to do, uh, and it depends on, you know, what you're cleaning off. Uh, but for the most part, if, if you have one of those older uh, composite decks that aren't capped with the polyethylene or they're just the, the natural original composites, those require pretty aggressive cleaners um, to get the organic. Uh, we see a lot of the black kind of mildew show up on them. And so those are those require more, you know, like one of those conditioner brighteners that you're mentioning you got in your garage um, would be great for that. Normal wear and tear, a normal, on a newer deck, it's just uh, I tell people to give it a bath every spring and every fall just to clean off uh, winter's debris and, and then whatever kind of co- collects and settles on it. And, and everybody's backyard is a little different, but it seems like there's always pollen and, and stuff in the air drifting around that kind of settles on there. And if you keep it, if you stay on top of it, it you shouldn't, it should never get 
you know, any any sort of staining or anything on it if you if you just rinse it off once in a while. You know, Andy has mentioned in some cases some some of the low maintenance ones can be slippery. Uh, is is that is that being addressed by the manufacturers these days? Yeah, in fact, all of the synthetics, any of them, are much more grippy than natural wood, um, meaning that they have more tread grip on them, and they all have to meet a minimum tread uh, requirement put forth by the ADA, the American Disabilities Act. So. Um, I think that it sometimes gets confusing. Was this one slippery or this one's not slippery? And a lot of times it's the condition that that board is in more than the actual board. And, and, uh, and I think these boards get tested on a dry, sunny day when everybody's wearing shoes. When they're wet or if there's ice or snow or uh, dew or anything on them, they, you know, anything can be slippery, especially wood. Um, cedar can be quite slick, uh, you know, if there's, if there's a little bit of water or dampness on it. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't consider any of the synthetic decking slippery, to be honest with you. I think it's just a matter of, you know, are they clean, are they dry, is is a better question. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I know you should always uh, see something and measure and, you know, there's too many variables. We always get questions about how much does this cost and how much does that cost. Uh, this texter says, uh, what is the estimated cost per square foot for an elevated finished deck using TimberTech AZEC decking, it's approximately 300 square feet. I mean, there are probably other variables that you'd have to see before you want to give them a quote. Yeah. Right? You know, where I look for or to give people guides on on, on that information, um, because it does vary so much. Um, it, as a rule, I will tell you that the average deck, the the average square footage of a deck is around 200 square feet plus a staircase and the average uh, wood deck completely installed is usually around $20,000 in the metro area and that same size of a deck in a synthetic version is usually about 30,000 the biggest things that vary a deck's cost is the staircase if there's a staircase or if there isn't a staircase going off the back and how, t- how tall that staircase is. Uh, oftentimes the stairway itself is uh, at least a, a third of the cost of the deck. So a lot of people um, need to ask themselves, do, do I for sure need a stairway? Or maybe they have a walkout basement. That's usually the, the, the point where you go, hmm, I have a stairway inside. Do I need another one outside? Or, or, or maybe a pet needs to be let out every day to, to go outside. Everybody's needs are different, but that, that's one of the biggest uh, items that sways the price of a deck is is the staircase and how big it is and how how long it is. It's a lot of work goes into a staircase. It's got railing down both sides. Has to have an ADA grippable handrail going down one side. So there's a lot that goes into a staircase that oftentimes people don't think about. They just assume that yeah, well you got to have a stairway, and uh, sometimes it absolutely has to be there, and sometimes it doesn't. I never really thought about it that way. Uh, what yeah. about the codes? I mean, the, the various communities, they differ with saying, no, no, you've got to have a staircase here. No, there are no rules on that. Uh, you don't have to have a staircase uh, for a deck. Um, no, you do, you do not. Okay. That Tell is you up what. to a homeowner. I've never been in a city where they said you have to have a staircase. Because, you know, the other thing is that some people don't want a staircase just for uh, to not have an extra uh, for security reason. Exactly. They don't want another access to the house. So, um, And with small kids, sometimes people just would rather not have the stairway so they can't get off the deck. Um, 
and for the same reason, sometimes we'll put uh, custom gates at the top so that basically it's an outdoor playpen off the kitchen so mom can be, uh, <laughs> you know, working around and, and or dad, whoever's home, and, and the kids can go out on the deck and get some sunshine and they know they're not going to get off the stairway. So gates are popular for that reason too. I think you've had a little experience there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I had three of my own for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yep. I'll tell you what, Luke, we have another half hour of the show to go, and uh, we're gonna come, when we come back, we'll grab some more uh, text messages. If you have a question about decks or decking or porches, as I said earlier, this is your day. You want to talk to the expert. Luke Panic will help you out here as uh, we come back from uh, this break. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show brought to us every week by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. Uh, Andy's taking the day off today, our friend Luke Panic who is the deck and porch specialist at Linda's Construction, is uh, helping you out today either by phone or by text. And if you do have any kind of a question, especially if it's about deck, uh, decks or porches, although Lou is, uh, Luke is <laughs> experienced, I mean, heck, you built your own home, right? I mean, you, you kind of grew up in the construction business, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't get my first hammer until I was three, but uh, <laughs> I had to wait. But, yes, I grew up in a construction family that um, – Back in the day, you know, my dad and my grandfather had a built homes, and back in that time, you they didn't sub out for the masonry contractor and the framing contractor and the roofing contractor and the insulation drywall contractor. They did everything. We we they poured the footings, they framed it, they insulated it. The only guys that the only guys subs that we had on our jobs were um, were, were the electrician, the HVAC, you know the furnace heating and cooling guy, and the plumber. Otherwise, it was up to us to do it. And so I, I had to learn all those things just, you know, begrudgingly at that time. And so I went to college so that I would never have to get involved with the work in the construction business ever again. Life throws you curves. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You can see uh, how that turned out for me. Yes, indeed. We're glad you were around, though. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to the phones. I think Ruth... Is calling in from St. Francis this morning. Ruth, you are on with Luke Panic. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, last year, we put a cedar deck on our um, townhouse. And my husband's after me to do something with it. And I said, no, I'm going to leave it natural. But what do I need to do to leave it natural? Ruth, did you say it was a year ago? Yes. Okay. Well... Here's the problem with cedar is that it doesn't naturally by itself uh, prevent mold and mildew and decay. So number one, uh, you want to keep it clean by washing it with some sort of a cleaning agent. Uh, you can mix your own homebrew if you want by using a little bit of bleach and uh, water, or you can buy them pre-mixed, ready to go. But you want to make sure that the boards don't have any mold or mildew on them. So you want to do that at least twice a year. The most important part is wood, wood, especially cedar, wants to rot from the end of the board. So any place that you have end cuts where they're butting up against each other is where the highest risk areas for rot and decay happen because that area can't dry out and organic material gets in there. So if you have any areas like that, you have to pay, uh, pay special attention to those. Uh, I would recommend, if you want to leave it a natural finish, to put on some sort of a preservative to give it some UV protection. Denny, Denny's used Penifin on his deck for years and has liked it. 
and I don't remember, Denny, if yours had uh, any pigment to it or if you had a clear pigment. Did you use a it, did it, have it was, pigment? It was a pigment. Yes, it was a pig, uh, pigment. Okay, it you can pigment. get them where they have a little bit of pigment or that they have a clear finish, and it's just basically enhancing the natural wood grain. So, Ruth, that's what I would suggest. If you don't, it's if you don't do that, it is going to turn gray pretty pretty quick. All right. Thanks, Ruth. Ruth leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. I'm going to get back to the text messages in a moment, but uh, I think Jerry is calling in from Edina to ask you a question. Jerry, you're on CCO with Luke. Hi there. Hi. Uh, we, hi. We have a, uh, an old cedar deck that we've been fixing up, got most of the rotten boards out now, and uh, got a little more work to do on the benches and some of that. But the question is, is now we've got lighter wood and darker wood, you know, mm-hmm. newer wood and older wood. So yep. how can we refinish that or how should we refinish that so it's all going to be fairly consistent looking if that's possible? It is possible. It's a question and it's a challenge because even the wood that uh, it's probably not going to be perfect, but the, to get it the closest, Jerry, you want to sand it. Uh, you got to get that top layer of old gray off of that old deck board, and you've got to get it sanded. The, the stripper remover stuff won't, won't get it close to your new board finish. So what I would do, or in, in the past when I've tried to replace boards and enhance an old deck, I'll sand the whole thing with a light sanding so that uh, even the the texture that the sanding machine is going to leave behind is is the same on the new boards as it is the old boards. So that helps it kind of marry and, and kind of fade in all of those colors together. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, sanding definitely. Uh, thank, thanks very much, Jerry. Um, I was looking at uh, the text uh, screen here, and uh, we do have, by the way, if you're just joining us, Luke Panic. The deck and porch specialist with Lindis is with us. Andy's taking the day off today. Here is a porch question. Do porches always have to be cut into the existing roof? Hmm. Well, um, picture that, that totally depends on the roof. Um, generally speaking, a porch goes on the back of a house. If it's a two-story house, then the roof just dies into the wall. So what you're worried about is, are there any windows, upstairs windows, that that roof might impact? If if the roof, if it's on an upper level or it's on a rambler where the roof line is coming into another roof line, uh, usually we will frame over the top of that existing roof. It doesn't have to cut. We don't essentially cut out. The only thing we cut out would be the soffit or the overhang of that existing house so that when you come out into the room, you, you, you don't see the old overhang. So the term cut out has got me a little confused, but typically we overframe right in and create a saddle or what we call a, a, a cricket, if you will, where you create a little valley on each side where that new roof gable just dies into the um, existing roof. So uh, two different scenarios. One is either the roof dies into a wall or it kind of spills onto the existing roof. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, let's see. Delreen, I think, is calling in from Minneapolis right now. Delreen, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. What's your question for Luke? Good morning. I have a three-season porch with a full basement underneath, and I'm finding that the one floor is dipping down. I'm assuming maybe the board on the old foundation is rotting. 
Okay. Can that be fixed? And is yeah, is your is your full basement finished under there? Or is it unfinished? It has a finished ceiling. It does. Yes. Well, that makes it a little bit more of a challenge because we can't see what's going on. So um, sometimes by looking at the floor, we can tell if it's just a single joint or if it's a deck board or de some sort of decking that's doing it. What kind of what is on the floor for decking? It's wood, and then we got quarry tile. It was done in in the seventies. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so really tough to determine what's going on there um, because, of course, we can't see it. Uh, without some a little bit more investigation, it's difficult to tell you exactly what's going on. All right, very good. Uh, I was looking at a text message. It's kind of related to what uh, you and I were talking about uh, earlier about deck decking. Uh, here, let me just read it. It comes from Bill. My concern about all weather decks is how hot the surface is during warm weather. I have grandchildren. Have manufacturers solved that problem? Hot Great question. We get, yeah. This is a big concern, Denny. We hear about this all the time. And I'm not, you know, and, I, and I'm, it, it, number one, the number one determinant of the surface temperature of anything outside is going to be its color and its density. So we'll look at synthetic decking tends to hold its heat longer than wood because it's it's not as porous as wood. It's more dense, just like you know concrete is is more dense than uh, than wood. So it tends to hold its its thermal properties longer. The the color is what determines it. So if you have a deck that's facing south or west, you don't want to stain it a dark, dark color, and you don't want to use a synthetic board that is a dark color. You want to use a light as possible. Within the realm of synthetic decking, the composites that contain sawdust are warmer than the ones that don't, meaning the, the, the cellular PVC synthetic boards are cooler to touch by about 20%, 20 to 30%. So my advice is to use a lighter, the lightest color that will work with your house that you like and to use a cellular, uh, cellular PVC if that's your primary concern. That'll keep the temperature to a minimum. But it's never, you know, I mean, I never, I, I've never had a deck where people find it unusable or, or a risk to children at all uh, because, of the, because of the temperature of a synthetic deck board. Okay, very good. Uh, tell you what, we need to take a quick break. We have more show to come. We're talking decks, decking, porches, things like that with Luke Panic from Linda's Construction. And we'll be back with more here on News Talk 830, WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Linda's Construction. You want to get in touch with those folks a couple of ways. Uh, just get on the web, lindasconstruction.com, or call them at 1-800-LEAFGUARD. If you need a new deck, a new porch, uh, maybe a new roof, siding, whatever the case may be. One eight hundred Leafguard. Luke Panic is uh, filling in for Andy today, the deck and port specialist at Lindis. And uh, as usual, Luke, a lot of questions, phone and text. Let's get back to uh, the phone. Jerry is next. Uh, uh, next up, you're calling from Matamita, I believe. Jerry, you're on CCO. Good morning. Oh, he's gone. Okay. <laughs> Impatient, I guess. But, uh, sorry about that. But we do have a bunch of text messages. Here's one. Uh, our deck has a high underground water table. We get heaving in the winter. We have added a sump already. What would you recommend? Good question. We have a lot of this in Minnesota. Um, 
particularly in the northwest corner of the metro, Plymouth is known for this, Maple Grove and Hugo. These cities have a lot of moisture. And what we'll do is put in, um, we recently bought the equipment to put in uh, a helical uh, pier. I don't know if Andy's talked about that, but we these are a, a, a pile, or it's called an earth uh, screw pile, and it uh, is a special footing that screws into the ground. When I describe them, I, talk to, I tell people it looks like an ice auger, because everyone around here knows about an ice auger to drill a oh, hole yeah. through the ice in the wintertime. It looks sure. a lot like that. It screws into the ground. It's made out of galvanized steel, and then we put a special attachment on the top of it that connects it to your wood post. So this is the best footing you can use for soils that contain that kind of moisture. And what we do is we screw them down into the earth below the frost line, and then we go uh, even further as far as we have to go to get the resistance that we need. It's measured in torque uh, and uh, to get the uh, load rating that we need for, for each footing. So that's what we do to make sure that those footings never move again. These old concrete footings uh, really, really struggle with with that kind of soil. Hmm, interesting. Uh, what what do you recommend? Best product, here it is, I'll just read it. Best product to clean and brighten Ipe, that ironwood. Is that Brazilian wood, right? Yeah, Ipe, it's, it's, uh, Ipe it basically a South American walnut. Um, and I, uh, the only company I know that has products for specifically for those exotic hardwoods is uh, is Penifin. And, and you're, you're obviously familiar with that. Uh, but that... that that is the only manufacturer that I know that makes a cleaner and a actual stain product that is designed to, for woods that that's that hard and that dense. It's really hard wood, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 very very hard, difficult to work with, but beautiful. It's really really nice stuff. Texter wants to know, meaning you or Lindis, and we were talking about porches. Does Lindis build three season porches? Yes, a lot of them. Of um, one of my favorite that. things to design is three-season porches. I, uh, they're, they're a lot of fun for people. They use them so much. Those are our happiest customers, I always say, is people who have a, a three-season porch. So very popular within our company. What would you recommend? Just call and set up an appointment and uh, yep, get things going? Yeah, just call and, and uh, we'll come out to your house for, for free and give you advice and uh, visit with you about porch and deck dreams, trying to make them all come true. 1-800-LEAFGUARD, yep. Here's a text, uh, Luke, that says, Our cedar deck needs refinishing. The stained surface has a blotched appearance. What would be the best choice for refinishing? Texter says, I was thinking of lightly sanding the surface. Any suggestions for the next stain application? Well, I would tell him to do what you've done um, over the years. Uh, uh, I I like the sanding idea. I think that's the best to get the most uniform appearance i think that's always the best it's the hard it's the it's the hardest work for sure but uh, it gives you the best finish and then um, i like to use uh, i recommend the penifin yeah it's good stuff good stuff very Sounds penetrating like you have some leftover maybe you can post it on facebook marketplace <laughs> i have a couple different gallons i think uh <laughs> Here is a text that says, uh, we have a north-facing open porch with a cement floor. Can you install a wood floor on top of that? What do you recommend? Sure you could. Uh, yeah. That would just be a, a floating uh, a wood floor. Um, I, I would guess over concrete there needs to be a barrier, a moisture barrier of some sort, um, whether it's uh, uh, rosin paper or felt. 
some sort of a moisture barrier so that that concrete has a separation so that the wood doesn't wick uh, moisture. It would cause it to expand and swell. So uh, the, I'm sure that they can put a wood floor over concrete. Yeah. I think we have time maybe for one more text, Luke. It says, good morning. We are replacing a cedar deck with Timbertech Azek uh, decking this fall. We want to add a pergola and wondering if you have any recommendations on materials for a pergola, traditional cedar or composite or any other alternative materials. What do you think? Great question. Pergolas are often um, popular popular for decks that, again, face south or west because people want to have some, some shade protection. The the materials, you're limited to really two options, some sort of a wood or vinyl. Vinyl is, is the most durable. And when I say vinyl, I mean a hollow extruded vinyl product. Companies that make or manufacture uh, vinyl fencing have, you can buy rails, uh, two by six, two by eight, and you can, uh, and they come 16 feet long. So you can actually use them for a structural timber all you have to do is put a wood sleeve inside that vinyl, and you've got something that's structurally sound. Now, the 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 limitation is is that vinyl comes in those structural components in every color you want, as long as you want white. There's not a lot of color choices, and they're very bright. So, vinyl would be the most permanent solution. The next option, uh, if you like white. Uh, if the next option then would be wood. You could use cedar if you want rough sawn cedar. That's kind of attractive. Um, or the kiln-dried uh, treated wood we've used for pergolas as well. Not, they're more limited on how many different sizes of profiles you can get compared to cedar. Um, but for all the reasons I said before, the, the kiln-dried wood that's, that's treated is really, really durable and doesn't, doesn't require... Stuff you know, staining in order to preserve it like the cedar does. Well, Luke, we are out of time. We're out? I'm looking at, we're out of time. We got to (laughs) go. All right. We're going to have you back, whether you like it or not, because we've got more questions to to ask. Thank you, Luke. Uh, Luke Panic from Linda's Construction. Call him at 1-800-LEAFGUARD.